Hi, it's Leslie Keith here again with another research update flash briefing. I'm the director of research and president of the board for the Lipedema Project. I like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lipedema with these flash briefings. Today, I'd like to tell you about a paper by researchers in Germany. The author I'm familiar with is Dr. Manuel Cornelly, who has published many papers about lipedema. This paper is titled, Is Subcutaneous Adipose Tissue Expansion in People Living with Lipedema Healthier? And is this reflected by circulating parameters? It was published in the journal Frontiers in Endocrinology in October 2022. So the authors wanted to test the hypothesis that women with lipedema have distinct blood panel values compared to age and BMI matched women. They state that, quote, it remains unknown whether and to what extent the excessive expansion of adipose tissue in lipedema influences whole body metabolic health in these patients. Because the expansion of adipose tissue in obesity is often accompanied by metabolic dysregulation, the authors wanted to know if this is also the case in lipedema. To do this, they studied blood markers, including glucose and lipid metabolism, inflammation, and oxidative stress, and then correlated these values with metabolic health. I think you'll find it a really interesting study. So who were the participants in the study? It was 13 women diagnosed with lipedema and 13 age-matched BMI and BMI-matched controls. So they were comparing the 13 women to 13 other women that were the same weight and age, but did not have lipedema. The assessments they used were blood draws that were performed between 8 and 10 a.m. after an overnight fast. Unfortunately, the number of hours of fasting was not reported, and this can sometimes have a bearing on what the results of those blood draws are. So what's the characteristics of the participants? So they were using a three-stage system of lipedema, so stage one, two, and three. And using that system, nine out of the 13 women in the lipedema group were in stage three, the highest stage. Two were in stage two and two were in stage one. There was an association between older age and a higher lipedema stage. And all 13 of the women in the lipedema group presented with bilateral symmetrical enlargement of their legs. The results. So first looking at glucose metabolism. So looking at any kind of blood draw that they were doing that related to glucose metabolism. So in this one, although the HbA1c, which is a measure of the average blood sugar over the last three months, was lower in the lipedema group compared to the control group, the lipedema group showed higher levels for fasting insulin and adiponectin. So that was a very interesting result. And due to some technical issue they had in their performance of these blood tests, they were not able to perform a test for insulin sensitivity, which is a limitation of this study. Next, looking at tests that related to sex hormones, there was not a significant difference between groups for estrogens, progesterone, or testosterone. However, the authors did note that there was such a wide variability in values for sex hormones in both groups due to where in their menstrual cycle each participant was. 
And so since they did not account for this when they did the blood draws, it is another regrettable limitation of the study. We could have learned more if we tested them all when they were on the same phase of their menstrual cycle. Now looking at lipid profile, both total cholesterol and LDL were higher in the lipidema group. There was not a significant difference in triglycerides or HDL between the two groups. And for liver enzymes, the lipidema group had higher levels of liver enzymes, even when they were adjusted for their age. And then markers of oxidative stress, they found that some biomarkers of inflammation and oxidative stress were elevated in lipidema group, while others were not. For instance, TNF-alpha was elevated, but CRP, C-reactive protein, was not. And then looking at correlations between the biochemical markers and metabolic parameters, interestingly, insulin, TNF-alpha, total cholesterol, and LDL levels were all associated with age in lipidema group, but not in the control group. That was really interesting. So typically be those biochemical markers, those blood markers, and their age would be correlated, but it was only correlated in the lipidema group. And then looking at markers of systemic inflammation. So in this one test they did with inflammatory proteins, I can't remember the total number of the inflammatory proteins that they were looking at, but 21 inflammatory proteins were significantly upregulated in the lipidema group only. And another interesting result was that no inflammatory protein level was higher in the control group compared to the lipidema group. So they were all higher in the lipidema group. And so overall, there was a higher inflammatory profile in the lipidema group. So let's talk about some of the conclusions that they came to in this study. One was that they said higher inflammation and oxidative stress parameters may reflect an inflammatory process in the subcutaneous adipose tissue in women with lipidema, or specifically this group of women with lipidema. And activation of inflammatory pathways may subsequently contribute to a peripheral insulin resistance, meaning not a systemic, but just in specific tissues, you have insulin resistance. And this is compensated for by having higher levels of insulin secretion. And the expected association between activation of inflammatory and oxidative stress pathways and impaired glucose metabolism may be counterbalanced by the protective factors, such as the lipidema group's higher adiponectin secretion. And one other was that the total cholesterol and LDL was higher for lipidema group compared to controls. A less favorable lipidema profile could be reflective, among others, of a dysregulated liver function or higher liver fat accumulation. This was suggested by the elevated liver enzymes in the lipidema group. Unfortunately, they did not test for fat accumulation around the liver. So that that might have indicated whether or not this group of women with lipidema, if they had fatty liver disease. So we don't know that. And then there were some really seemingly contradictory findings, and they had some hypotheses about that. For instance, higher fasting insulin usually indicates insulin resistance, but the lipidema group also had higher adiponectin levels, which is associated with insulin sensitivity. Another contradiction is that 
adiponectin levels usually decrease as subcutaneous fat levels increase. But this was not so in the lipedema group. They had fat expansion in the lower body, but they still had higher levels of adiponectin compared to the control group. And the authors hypothesize this may have more to do with where the fat is deposited rather than the total amount of fat. So lower body fat is typically more metabolically healthy than abdominal obesity. So some interesting results. Just a few takeaways that I had from this study. All of the data was unfortunately inconclusive regarding the sex hormone levels in lipedema due to the lack of uniformity in timing of the blood draws to the phase of the participant's menstrual cycle. There is a lot of interesting new information in this study. The study confirmed what other studies have shown as far as lower HbA1c and reduced incidence of type 2 diabetes, but it's one of the first to show elevated insulin levels. Elevated insulin in combination with elevated adiponectin may indicate an ability for excessive adipose tissue accumulation without metabolic dysfunction in lipedema. This study also seems supportive of the hypothesis that lipedema fat has elevated levels of oxidative stress and inflammation. We still need an awful lot more study on blood levels of lipedema, but this study was really a great start. It really puts us in a way of looking at where do we want to look more? What more do we want to study? And I really enjoyed this article. I hope you did too. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement. Just to let you know, our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema-simplified.org and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.